The following is a KPB MediaWorks production. Choose your fighter. Hello guys, we are back. This is Rodimus Prime, aka Rodney. We are back for another episode of KPB Cast. And here today, coming from the West Coast, we have Miranda Bacosi, aka Super Yan. Miranda, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. Um, it's a nice Wednesday morning. The weather has finally cleared outside. So. <laughs> I was, I, it must be crazy out there. I mean, you know, we, we hear about the fires and stuff like that. How are you guys managing out there with, with that? Atmosphere. It's hard, yeah. Um, California's, uh, we always had wildfire season around this time, like around mm. fall. Um, it gets really hot and dry, and sometimes there's winds, and it just carries the whole forest fire across a large uh, amount of land. Um, you know, my uh, I tweeted about it. My dad's neighborhood actually burned down in the oh. Santa Cruz fire. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's been really bad. His, his house is mostly able to uh, be recovered, but... Um, it's affected a lot of people here, and it's way worse than it's ever been. Um, I don't want to start out with something negative. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, but, I just um, wanted to touch base on that, but I uh, uh, hope everything <laughs> works out well for you guys over there and that you guys yeah, can yeah. be back. We're safe. Right? Yeah, me, yeah, me and Andrew are safe. So. Awesome, awesome. So uh, let's talk about uh, Miranda. Let's, let's take the FTC out of your personality for a second. Who is Miranda? Okay. What are you about? Where did you grow up? What's, what's, what's your upbringing like? Uh, upbringing i mean it's hard to take fgc out uh I've, I've been playing for so long um you know before casually and then you know competitively and now i'm kind of you know stepping on just a little bit but um i guess before that i've always played games you know i've always um I, we had an atari we were kind of spoiled so my dad and my dad liked games he liked computers he's a huge nerd we're the first person on our block to ever have a computer um so you know kids would come over and play what we had we had sega genesis playstation playstation 2 so I play all kinds of stuff. Um, that's how I got my hands on Tekken 2, which is my first fighting game. Um, you know, we got to rent uh, two games. Me and my uh, my sibling would rent two games every Friday. Uh, so we rented Mortal Kombat. We rented, you know, all kinds of other fighting games. Uh, but, you know, um, outside of fighting games, you know, I play, I play a lot of other stuff. Um, and, you know, my whole life, you know, my biggest hobby is video games. Um, uh, so... One of the biggest things is music games. Um, I played those competitively as well as casually for longer than I've played fighting games okay. uh, since I was, uh, I want uh, to say, 1999, however old I was in 1999. <laughs> um, and MMOs and shooters. I, I played a lot of Overwatch when that came out. Um, I played uh, a ton of Ultima Online, which Ooh. was the first. Ult the, the, I don't know if anyone's heard of that. <laughs> yes. it's, I realize I a lot of younger yes. people know. I played Ultima Online when I was 10 years old, and that was the first MMO that ever existed. I played EverQuest. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't get deep into WoW or 11, and I know those are a lot of people's favorites. I play um, I play 14, Final Fantasy 14 a whole lot now. That's like my my go-to game um, while, you know, fighting games are kind of taking a backseat. It's unfortunate um, because, you know, from, I want to say, 2005 to 2017, maybe 18, I fighting games in my life you know um okay. and with with covid now it's like kind of uh it's hard uh, a, lar a large part of um you know i don't know if i'm getting ahead of what, what you would talk about but no a large part of like um 
but what I love about fighting games is the community and like going to events and competing. Like that's the fun part for me and meeting up with friends. And of course, right now that's not even possible. Yeah, we're, we're all um, even that. before then, even before then, I had myself finding trouble, or I found myself uh, having trouble connecting to a fighting game the way I did Tekken Five, uh, Tekken Six, and um, Street Fighter Four, and then Sam Show. Those are my games. Like those, yeah, I'd say four are my games, especially Street Fighter Four um throughout its duration uh was when i was probably deepest in and like really really into the community and um you know finding finding that again in sam show like i really really loved that game but again netcode and and just not being able to meet up and then having you know a kind of scattered community um i would love to see things change like um you know events being possible first of all but also just in in netcode being better carrying the community better especially right now um, I know, you know, King of Fighters got, um, King of Fighters OTUM got uh, rolled back recently. I don't yes. know if you can hear um, buttons slamming. Hopefully not. No, no, <laughs> right I don't, I don't behind know. this wall, there's someone <laughs> playing King of Fighters 12 hours a day. <laughs> um, so hopefully you can't hear that. But um, but yeah, uh, I want to see more games, uh, more companies follow suit. I know Japan's a little stubborn. Um, you know, a lot of their developers don't either think it's important to understand or mostly i have the resources i'm not sure what the reasoning is behind it um but you know our games don't have it and hopefully they will uh it's a huge thing um because i played sam show a lot online um and because i loved the game and it was just so difficult uh for me to you know feel like i'm making progress learning when i feel like some i can't play the game the way it's supposed to be played you right. know it, you're, you're dealing with online tech yeah. that doesn't work in real life and and i'm calling out a sam show because that's the game i played recently but like every mm -hmm. game has almost every game has its problem you know every game that doesn't roll back every game that has poor net code um poor lobbies um you know there's a plethora of issues it goes beyond net code sometimes but um but yeah like the thing that i loved was like you know my first evo is 2006 and yeah. um and i remember going there with a group of friends and I knew what it would be, but like, I didn't know how fun it would be. Like, I, this is before I drank or smoked too, and I don't even know if I was legally allowed to at the time. But um, I, I didn't. So I, was, I wasn't there for Vegas. I was there <laughs> just for just for video games, and um, it was the most fun I had in my life, you know. And I know Evo's changed over the years, but um, I was like, I want to go to more events. I want to hang out with friends. I want to play. I want to compete and see how how far I get, you know. And um. I went to like every major I could after that, <laughs> for that time. So, <laughs> no, that's, that's great. That's great. Um, that that's a good in-depth intro that kind of like gives you a summary of, of who you are as a whole. But I, I, I want to get back to like the humble beginnings, right? So, you 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 know you, you have a little privilege. You got some systems. What were your first like favorite systems? Like, like what did you get? PlayStation. Into? PlayStation. Oh, okay. PlayStation for sure. That's I your first PC favorite. Too. Okay, PC. All right. Uh, Favorite system of all time, PlayStation 2. Okay, all right. For comparing, like, how they were for their time, PlayStation <laughs> 2. I really like Xbox 362. Yes. I know most people. Um, and then it, it's, it's I, I, this doesn't, this might not really hit the answer for this question, but, like, the arcade. The arcade's not a system, but, like, right. most of my very favorite games are arcade games. Um, I have been an arcade rat like my whole life and that includes music games which yeah. are a huge 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 part of my life and, and we are, we are going to get into in arcade. we're definitely yeah. going to get into music games um so um <laughs> what, what was your arcade scene like like when when you oh, 
started hanging out kate i grew up i was born and raised in san jose and i grew up in south bay so i had access to the best some of the best arcades um you know in the country and yes. our norcal had a huge scene socal had a huge scene socal was accessible you know i had a car i liked driving i drove up and down the country or the the state so many times to visit folks in socal super arcade uh arcade infinity and then you know i know other communities have their arcades but we have multiple we had a lot of people who were really dedicated people would drive you know two hours on a weekday night to come to sunnyvale golf land to play tech in mm-hmm. you know and um and hang out until 1am afterwards and talk about it, you know, that kind of stuff. And that, that's, so the arcade, the arcade scene's amazing um, up here. And even outside of that, we had, um, so the first time I think I actually got into the community, like started talking to people about the games instead of just chilling up the arcade, scared. Um, you know, I had a game, I had a, um, it, for Tekken 5 DR, um, they had a, um, the, arca- uh, the controller port at the arcade mm-hmm. yes. so th- when i went to the arcade to play music games i saw i'm like oh they have tech and i played that you know i want to play it again um and i'm scared to use the arcade stick i don't i have no have any experience with that at home as you know playing playstation 2 i used the pad um this might be the first time anyone who knows me here is that i used to be a pad player <laughs> but um i might be exposing myself as a pad player but i don't care and i think it's very very viable solution for tech and it's nothing strange but yes. um uh i wasn't I was less scared to play at the arcade because I could use the pad. I knew how to use that. And so I'd play, I'd still do terribly and get destroyed because NorCal, especially at the time, had a lot of our strongest players. <laughs> I'd run into them, get just completely destroyed, um, but still love playing my character, playing the game, you know, rediscovering it kind of. Um, and another reason to go because, you know, lines, uh, lines at the arcade for music games are incre- incredibly long. <laughs> it can be like a, a, an hour or two before you get to play. So I'd be yes. like... If I can hop into Tekken and, and play and die and then come back real quick, I'll do that. And so I, I did that for years and I got better. I, you know, um, I think it was Tekken 6 didn't have the pad port anymore. So I kind of just took a deep dive into learning the stick and it was very, very easy. Um, I play Ling Xiaoyu. She doesn't require, you know, any crazy inputs. Um, her combos are very easy, at least at the time. I don't know about Tekken 7, but, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, and so I'd go to the arcade, play music games, play Tekken, um, and you know, not super take it seriously. I would just kind of go there and mash and have fun, and then and then not talk to anyone really and leave. But I'd see the same faces, and so there was these CVS two guys um, and named Brian and Junior, um, and and this was back. This is, had to have been like two thousand six, probably two thousand six. I think um, they uh, maybe two thousand seven. Um, they'd see me and they're like, "You play fighting games," and um, you know, there's a lot of places people play casuals, right? Like, you can play more and learn and talk to these guys. And I was like, I don't know, I'm scared. I'd, I'd blow these guys off for, like, months. They keep <laughs> inviting me. I'm like, these guys are weird. Like, I don't know them, and they're inviting me to their house to play. <laughs> like, I'm good. Like, and I was, like, pretty young at the time, too. So I was like, I'm good, right? And then they're like, they were so persistent for, like, three months. They're like, you got to come. Like, the guys will love you. Like, there's, there's, there's chicks that hang out there, too. It's not weird, you know? And I was like... All right, whatever. I want to get better at fighting games. I want to check this out. So um, at the time, Tekken didn't have a console release. So going to this person's place to play casuals meant that I'd play like I'd be hanging out with like CVS two players, Third Strike players, Marvel players. This guy had a bunch of candy cabs, um, and this was Keystone two. Oh. Um, so I go up. There, I show up there. I don't know if you know Keystone two, but um, it was run by this guy Albert, and um, you know, was that the I don't one name drop ran, ran out of a garage? 
Yeah. Yeah. It ran out of a shack. It was a backyard and a shack. Yeah. And then it graduated into a garage. And then it moved. He moved a couple of times. He kept it going. Um, I want to name drop, but like pretty much every good player in NorCal played at Keystone yeah. Two. Yes, yeah, so I'm very well with that. Yeah. I, I think um, I think what's featured on uh, <laughs> King of Chinatown, I think for a bit. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely, I think that's when uh, some of you guys met our Justin Wong before he moved over and became a permanent resident. And so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first time I, uh, I remember, like, during that, uh, it was a GameStop, like, tournament when, like, Street Fighter 4 was released. Mm -hmm. It was in San Francisco. All those players came to Keystone, or most of those players came to Keystone the day before um, to hang out and play casuals. I met Punko there. It was, like, really random. Because, and that was, a, that was still at that time. I still didn't play Street Fighter yet. So I know these Street Fighter players, old school Capcom players like CBS2, Third Strike. You know, I, I kind of knew that whole community, and I still didn't play Street Fighter yet. So when Street Fighter 4 came out... Um, I, I wasn't super excited about it because I didn't think the game looked cool. Uh, I mean, uh, visually, visually. Um, yeah. And I, I knew it was fun. People played it. Um, and, you know, we had a strong scene in NorCal and people were offering to help me learn. But um, I didn't pick it up. I didn't pick it up until uh, um, uh, around AE, actually. Um, I played during AE. Um, and I loved it. I picked up Barlog and I played him the whole way through. And he was fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, in the beginnings, um, it was just, you know, these these random guys at the arcade invited me to session. And a session happened to be Keystone where where um, I just completely got, um, you know, sucked into the community there because it was already very strong. It was very easy to be because everyone there was really cool, friendly, and, and you know, a great resource for me if I, if I wanted to have, if I had questions to learn. Because, I mean, when I was learning Tekken, I'd be at the arcade and... Uh, it was, it was really tough. And Tekken has a hard learning curve, too. Like, um, So I didn't have any resources. All the resources were in Korean. Uh, I would go to Tekken Zaibatsu. I'd find some yeah. information. Number but in the notations. beginning, I'd go there, and I would sidestep and die. And I'm like, oh, OK. Like, I sidestepped <laughs> the wrong way. I got like I tried throwing one thing out. And then I you know I get launched. I get juggled. I get wall comboed. And then I'm dead. And I'm like, I, well, I don't know what I can do differently. It's hard to learn. Um, the movesets are, you know, very very long for every character i don't know frame data so like at the time it was that was the challenge for me where street fighter was like osrk oh, there's like huge forums and threads on every single character people are making videos people um you know are sharing stuff here uh, we had mm -hmm. really good borog players up here too like crack me and i'd watch him play all the time he helped me out um yeah it was just easier to pick up and i just really got sucked into it i think um and yeah. that was you know around whenever AE came out like 2012. okay so I, yeah. Pretty good, pretty good. Um, let's talk about music games. What did you play? Everything, everything. everything. Uh, so, uh, fighting games. I still, I still could say I'm pretty shy about picking up new games. Like my boyfriend's pressuring me really hard to play King of Fighters. Mm -hmm. uh, I did try playing yesterday. <laughs> it's, it's, a it's very different from what I'm used to. It's very fast, and and it will take time. Yes. Music games. I pick it up. I get it immediately. I feel like that's. That's something that's always been super, uh, extremely natural to me. Um, so I played DDR uh, mm -hmm. in 1999 when it came out, or when I first had access to it. Uh, I had a PlayStation, and my friend brought over a disc, and we had to learn how to do the swap trick. So what that is, is um, mm -hmm. I thought there's a possibility of me having my PlayStation right there. But <laughs> um, <laughs> you open it up, and you put like a paper clip or something to stick it to so yeah. it uh, it thinks it, that it's closed. It thinks it's closed, yes. 
and then you swap out an NTSC disc with like the Japanese disc uh, during certain parts where it checks for it on boot. And then you do that like twice and then it'll load your Japanese game. And we did that for all the music games we had that were from <laughs> Konami, um, all the Bimani games. And so I learned how to do that for like all the DDRs. Uh, you know, my mom, the EBA was new at the time. So my mom was like, thankfully she took a chance on ordering stuff from like overseas on eBay, which seemed really shady. Um, you know, uh, so, so we had access to like, I had DDR third mix and official copy, DDR fifth mix and official copy. Um, we had the like soft pads that were freaking terrible. Like oh we taped God. them to my friend's house that had a hard, hard floor. So they wouldn't move. Uh, it was tough. I, I, of course I was like, you know, very young. I didn't have access to their, going to the arcade at the time yet. Um, right. that was when I was like 16, I started going to the arcade to play and I still played. So but my favorite music game of all time uh, is a uh, drum mania or Gitadora. Um, it's drum drum simulator basically. It's like guitar hero, mm -hmm. I guess, for drums. Um, and they have the drum a mania, you know, keyboard it's, mania. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I mean, Konami just puts mania after everything. And there's mm -hmm. a, there was even um, there was like Para Para Paradise, but there was like keyboard mania, drum mania, uh, guitar freaks. It was called. Yeah. Um, I played all of them. Um, I played even Para Para. Uh, the the only one I think I haven't tried. That's I kind of stick to the Konami games, so all the Bimani series, which are the probably one some of the more popular ones anyway, especially at the time. But uh, the biggest ones I got into were DDR. I played that competitively, um, and uh, Drummania. And Drummania has kind of evolved now to this thing. It's like Guitar Freaks and Drummania fused into this game called Gitadora. Hmm. They've always kind of been together, so you can play with your friends, but right. uh, it's this big, huge cab, like way more expensive than what you'd think of like a little candy cab would cost. <laughs> so very few arcades have them uh, in America, very even less have them synced to the Konami's network where you can have your scores and stuff. Cause I remember one of the coolest things about Tekken was you can have your, you have your Tekken card and you got your like customized character on it. That was so cool to me. Cause I'm like, Japan has had this for years and we never had right. anything like that in America. But Namco had it enabled here when we got Tekken six and it was, it was really cool. Yes, that's awesome. I, I wish, I know we have issues with like our internet infrastructure, which is one part of the reason why we don't get cool uh, options like that. But uh, what mm -hmm. are your, what's your favorite DDR mix? DDR mix? Third mix or fifth mix? Uh, yeah. Wow. Oh, I cannot believe you asked me such a tough question. I was not expecting that. <laughs> um, third mix or fifth mix? Yeah. I, I, I uh, Third mix, I might say, because that's when I, first really really got into the game like really hardcore but fifth mix i just think might be there's just some songs on fifth mix that would make me like just forget about third mix but it's it's hard to say like all, all of them are good i think i it started to go downhill a little bit when they put uh at least at the time i didn't like some of the american songs they started putting in to kind of appeal to people when it got popular in the states Mm -hmm. um you know i'm not super weeby i didn't like just love the anime sounding songs right um uh actually they're, they're putting more and more of those like idol pop songs into the games now and i kind of don't like those unless they're just catchy but um they kind of weird me out um and of course yitadora has a lot of rock songs so those are um i like those too but fifth mix yeah <laughs> i'll just say fifth mix <laughs> uh, it's funny I, you were talking about ordering pads from like ebay so i have a story about that Actually, so I too am a fan of DDR and I actually played a lot of DDR. Uh, I actually left the fighting community very young in the late 90s and didn't play like fighting games in public for years. And I, but I played mm -hmm. DDR. 
So um, I remember I got into like, yeah, I started buying the discs and like it had like a USA mix and stuff like that. And um, I, I just wanted to have it at home because sometimes going to the arcade, it was like just too many people. I didn't want to wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. And stuff. So it's I. A long wait. <laughs> yeah. And I, I saved the money and there was this. Someone was selling these pads on eBay and it, it looked really cool. These supposed to be these hard pads. And I get them. Right. And they're literally huge buttons uh, set in bezels. Right. So there's oh, no man. way. There's no way you could like slide your feet properly to like hit arrows. You literally have to yeah. step, lift, watch the bezel, and step into the next arrow. And like I spent like $300 on them. And that at the time was a lot of money, and I'm like, "What the hell?" Like, and like, I I couldn't use them. I felt so crappy. So yeah, oh, I, it's hard. Yeah, you definitely took a chance on like pads without being able to try them because I was stuck with these pads that I couldn't play DDR on. It was terrible. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I feel like especially now, like I would never want to play at home just because I use the bar, and I think mm. it's, I think a lot of people who are not familiar with DDR or dance games don't realize that they think the bar is like some crutch that is like scrubby to use but like all of the best players except for one that i can think of whose name is no bar ben because he's known mm. for not using the bar he's the only person i can think of that i can say that about like um uses the bar all the best players do. it's normal because you're playing games that require so much foot speed and stamina that like you should be using the bar um so yeah so people are like oh you're playing with the bar you're a scrub it's like that's not how the no, game is but, that, but th i'm saying that because like Playing at home, you don't have the bar, and it makes mm. it almost dangerous to have steps that are like really, really embedded in the pad. Like, because I worry about tripping on them. Yeah. Um, also, sliding too much. I remember sliding around so much as a kid. Like, people put uh, baby powder on the pads at the oh. arcade sometimes. Yes, I heard about because that. Because it'll be sticky. Because there's kids with ice cream that'll like rub it all over, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, and uh, especially when you play it, like, oh, we go to Santa Cruz Boardwalk, and that's the beach, like, mm -hmm. and there's a huge arcade there, and there's music games, and these kids would, like, get sand and ice cream and butter over, like, everything on the game. It was so upsetting. And, like, <laughs> butter? people would be, like, the DR players who come there hardcore with their towels and their, and their water bottles, they'll stare at these kids and, like, want to yell at them. Mm -hmm. And, like, but they have to find a way. So they clean, they, they bring an extra towel, clean the pad themselves, extra towel for their face, extra towel for the bar. Uh, they like five towels. I mean, I would be one of these people too. Like, you bring a bunch of towels to clean everything up, the whole cab, and they put baby powder on it. And people would just slide around like crazy, uh, which is also very dangerous. <laughs> but people also don't get their feet stuck. So, right. it's one of those, uh, um, <laughs> like secret DDR tech things, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll get yelled at by the arcade manager for doing this too, by the oh, way. But, of course, yeah. So, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that, please. Don't try this at home. At all. Yeah, don't don't say that I told you how to do it if you do. <laughs> Please. So you were like were you like a perfect attack competitor? Uh were you were you free were you a freestyler any? Were you on freestyler? Not a freestyler. No. No, I had friends that were so good at it. Still are, um, but I can't do what they do. And uh it'd be cool. I mean, like, it'd be cool if I could freestyle if I could dance at all. I mean that would be cool, <laughs> but I cannot. Um and I haven't put much effort into learning, so uh, I, I'm very hardcore about like my score, and that's the thing I liked about DDR because there was a time where Konami was like DDR turned off in America. Like you can't, you know, they, they were really strict about. They still are really strict about a lot of things, and so um, you know, in the groove came up, and mm -hmm. the groove was American-made, you know, knockoff um, of DDR, but it was extremely good. It had really it had good songs, you know. Um, it had a, uh, but the thing is, people liked about it, it was more challenging because at the right. time. Um, 
the, the step charts they put out were like more creative. Um, they had, you know, bombs and like hand plants and different like little uh, things, things that just made it more complex. And, and um, you know, I was super into that game when it came out. You had a USB you could bring in and save your scores and upload stuff. And that was really cool too. I could compare my scores to people, you know, all over the place. Um, then Konami came back and was like, no more in the groove. Like you can't copy our game. And so they started, I guess, releasing more stuff for us, uh, which included um, EMUs and DDR Ace, which was people call it like the DDR Renaissance or whatever. But um, yes. I, I checked it out and I started playing more when Ace came out, but I feel like I'm, I, I know a lot of people might feel this way and I shouldn't, but I feel like I'm kind of old to be sweating at the arcade now. <laughs> Especially when I'm playing fighting games too. It became one of those things where it's like, I go to the arcade to play fighting games. I, I don't want to be the sweaty person that shows up and tries to sit down next to you and play like teching <laughs> with you. Like, I don't want to be that person. But um, it's good fitness. It's, it's good fitness. It's an extremely fun game. And like, I'll never knock DDR if people are 40 years old playing it. Like, it's fine. Um, and the same thing with Gitadora. I mean, Gitadora is intense. It's drumming. You're drumming and you're you get tired um so yeah yeah just having access to emus has made those games just come back in a huge way i think before you know before COVID, obviously of course yes that's awesome that's awesome um so we're gonna go you so you you're kind of in between these two realms right like you're playing like competitive you know uh rhythm games and you're playing uh fighting games so now tell us more about your love for boxers how did that come about? Boxer? Oh. Yeah. You can see it right here. Yeah. Of <laughs> um, so when I started playing, again, like a lot of my you know friends and, and resources, I guess, were you know, Keystone people. Um, and I was never going to ask them anything, but I started playing Street Fighter and my uh, my boyfriend at the time was like, I'll show you a character. And like I, he knows, you know, fighting games and set it out and, and he's super helpful. And everyone told me like, you got to play Ryu, which is good advice. He's, you know, you're going to get your fundamentals down. You're going to learn how to do mo basic motions, you know, learn Ryu. Any mm -hmm. beginner, it's, it's good. And I'd still recommend that. But um, for some reason, I don't, I hate everyone who told me this because they're like, oh, Boxer has charge. So you're new. You shouldn't play a charge character. And I'm like, uh, I don't understand that. I, I still don't understand it. And I, it pisses me off because I didn't play for the longest time. So I want to play Boxer because Boxer looks so freaking cool. Like, He's a boxer. Like, I don't know how to explain it to people. But like, I thought he was really cool. Really, really cool. Um, and he just looked cool. He looked angry and he looked fierce. And I wanted to play that character. Um, and, and you know, learning that the actual moves were not hard at all. In fact, they were worlds easier than doing a quarter circle for me at the time uh, as a new player. Um, especially as a Tekken player. Like, I didn't do quarter circles with Ling. You know, right. I didn't need to. Um, so... I got Marl pretty pretty quickly, and I liked his defensive style. I liked that he um, can counter hit you and, and eat, beat the shit out of you in the corner. Like that was fun. <laughs> I liked scaring people, but also being able to play defensively. And I think um, as I got better as a player, I learned how to be more patient, which made me stronger with Marl and and future characters. Like I play Charlotte in Sam Show, and I just you know try to be a wall and try to make the other person frustrated. And I like that feeling. Not enough that I'd play Dalsim or something like that, but Bob's <laughs> <laughs> also very, very good for beginners too. You can mash jab. You can. I, I, my favorite thing, the best feeling ever, is getting like a, a neutral jump fierce and like just keeping them from moving forward at all. They're like, "What can I do? I can't walk forward because I'm." Is that the is that the the punch like this? The stop sign. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the best thing. So I would like. Uh, so and they're like, maybe I'll jump, and I'm like, I don't want to anti-air them with a crouching fierce. I want to stop them in the air, and it just feels good doing that. And like, I got the same feeling when I played Charlotte because Charlotte has jump B, 
She's jumping yes. forward, B, neutral jump, B, jump back. Her B is so ridiculous in every situation. So I'm like, that's my that's my feel good move, you know? And so Brog, <laughs> Brog's fierce, like crouching fierce, neutral jump fierce. Is, it, I love that feeling. So, you know, of course, landing a headbutt, like in scaring the shit out of someone and getting all dropped, yeah. it's good the too. But, um, <laughs> neutral jump fierce was like, <laughs> I fell in love with Brog, I guess. What was your like best uh, success with Brog? Like, how far did he take you? In terms of tournament uh, play, um, I mean, I, I started with him, so I went from zero to being. You know, I never considered myself a good player. I think I'm a little bit. I think I was a little bit above average. Um, mm -hmm. I of course I didn't get top eight in any tournaments, you know, and I consider someone who gets top eight to be a good player, right. maybe even below that a little bit. Um, I never made it that far, you know. Um, I took a couple names at tournaments, like I've beaten sponsored players at tournaments before, and that those moments feel really good because people don't expect you to do well at all. Um, so, you know, it feels good beating someone who you think is out of your league. You just sit down, like, um, cause you see their name in the bracket and you're like, oh my God, they're on my side of the bracket, Yeah. No. you know, but <laughs> if you sit down thinking like, oh, I'm already going to get out, I'm going to go, you know, two and one because I'm going to run into that person, I'm going to lose. But like, you have to sit down and think like everyone is possible to beat anybody. It, there's a situation and a time where it's possible to beat somebody and you just yes. have to do your best and not get defeated before you sit down. And I think, but most people understand that, but it's hard to practice it but um the other thing about street fighter is like i didn't get nervous when i played street fighter in tournament at all i think i have really really good tournament nerves i um especially in street fighter and i think it was because barog i felt like i could always just slow the game down if i needed to and i felt overwhelmed and that character allowed me to do that whereas in tekken i would shake it was specifically my left knee would shake so bad i was so nervous when i'd play tekken in tournament that my stick would like shift off my lap because my left oh. leg specifically would be shaking more than my right leg and my hands would be shaking. Like I was so nervous cause I wasn't confident. Um, I was very confident with my brog. Um, and you know, I could, I could play my best in tournament, which is a great feeling cause you don't want to lose to nerves. You know, I, I can't say I've never felt like I've lost to nerves right. before. I lose to the, the other person like better. <laughs> <laughs> the thing we all get but, plagued as, as tournament players, you know, if it's not the matchup, it's tournament nerves. Uh, for mm -hmm. me, I I hate I hate the uh, the rising of players on like spectators that that can, that can sometimes get under my skin if I'm trying to mm -hmm. play you know especially if they're rooting against you you know that yeah <laughs> that really sucks um but you know there's so many uh, aspects to this being in tournament play that you have to get over aside from the actual gameplay itself so mm -hmm. it's it's pretty yeah. cool pretty interesting. Um, there's times we've played on stream too and um, oh, stream being on stream. I felt like it would scare me, but like I've I've won a lot of mine. I mean, um, that I played on stream and it feels it feels good. Um, I, I get like I get like hyped off of it, I guess. But yeah, anyone cheering against me behind me, like that would frazzle me for sure. Another thing that really bothered uh, that really made it hard for me in tournament was uh, audio. Like I'm very dependent on audio. Um, I've always had the ability to hear loud arcade cabs like our arcade lets us have it loud enough to hear it so yeah. at a tournament where i can't even hear any of the moves um that would actually get to me more than anything I, audio cues. I felt really dependent on it They're very mm -hmm. important audio cues you have a pop off you know mm -hmm. like you get crazy and pop off you beat someone and like yeah and you're like you know do like i wanted to so give me my money you know about it. as i was beating them I was thinking, I'm like, should I? it was on stream, and I was oh. like, should I pop off? I'm like, I'm gonna beat this guy right now, <laughs> and I think I should pop off, and I, I didn't. I've you never, didn't. I've never popped off, no. But that was one time. It was when I played Flow, and oh. it was, yeah. I, I, I was like, I wanted to pop, pop off. Uh, I didn't. 
I didn't, and he didn't deserve that. I'm glad I didn't. Okay. But um, I think it's because a lot of people didn't believe in me, and this was right after Cross Assault, and I didn't have a lot of friends in the community, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm here. I, I felt like like every, I felt like everyone, and this is not on float. You know, like yeah. I, I think I just put. It's one of those like corny things where like, you put someone you hate's face on the punching bag right. and oh, like yeah. <laughs> and you're like ready to fight so flow was the punching bag and the, the thing that i pasted on him was probably like twitch chat and all the people who would give me shit and all the people would tell me that like i suck or that i don't belong here that was the thing that um motivated you, i was thinking you. about yeah mm-hmm. that's, good. that's good yeah and so like when i won i was like everyone shut the fuck up i can do this that's what i was thinking <laughs> in my head you know but yeah. um but yeah, it, it felt good because I was like, I do have my spot in the community and I do, I did earn this by, by doing my best and trying my best and, and getting better and, and I'm not going to go anywhere. And that's what I was feeling at least. Awesome. So. You should always feel that way. That's, that's, that's a good feeling to have. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned the term cost assault and that is an, at this point, because you've been around the community for quite a while, I would consider you an OG. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that mm-hmm. are new, that are watching they're going to watch this what is what was cross assault can you get into that so cross assault was kind of a big deal in the fgc so first of all it was it was uh i'll try to give a i'll try to be brief yes. <laughs> um it was capcom put on this it was for uh street fighter cross tekken which was a big deal already because it was namco game and right. capcom game like their major titles becoming one you know how is that going to work like who's going to be in it like people had a lot of questions about it right um it was highly anticipated for that reason so Capcom um, took it a step further with their promotion of the game and had this like show, this like a week and a half, week week long, week and a half long. I think it was ten days total. Um, show that was like uh, it was a streamed live show of like these competitors, uh, Team Tekken and Team Street Fighter, having early access to the game and having their teams and having it was like almost like a reality show because it had these little elements thrown in like these. This is like a weird like a challenge that you have to do and it's like something weird like in the game that they just throw at you it doesn't might not even make sense but like um and some of them are like combo challenges or like whatever but um team tekken was people who mostly had experience with tekken and you know street fighter was people who had mostly experience with street fighter so sherry you know was on team uh, capcom team street fighter and i was on team tekken um and then there was you know four other people as eris was key, uh, captain of tekken uh, really good um, Tekken players, you know, Bronson, extremely good as well. And uh, I'm not going to name everybody, but there's a lot of really, really good players. Right. Um, and when I say good players, I mean, they're better than me. So it was, I was intimidated by that. But um, being on that team, there was a lot of, I think, uh, not as a lot of direction on what this was supposed to be. Uh, is it supposed to be a highly focused com- on competition? Is it supposed to be... Um, you know, a really professional environment. Like, what is it supposed to be? And so there's all these different personalities that are trying to get their time on the camera, a lot of trying to get their skills showcased, trying to learn the game. Like, they want to get access to the end of, like, you know, spoiler nerd Josh one, but right. he was, like, really dedicated. Like, the people who are, they also want to learn how the game. They're spending that time. This is early access time. They're trying to learn how to play the game. That's what I wanted, too. Um, but, you know... I think people, especially, you have to remember, this was like eight years ago or almost 10 years ago. Um, attitudes are very different from a lot of people, including myself, uh, of what the fighting community is. And like, at the time, like my first Evo, I didn't see another girl competing. I was the only one that I saw. There might've been a couple more, but now it's like there's a girl in every bracket. So it's right. it's come a long way in terms of like 
how many women are in the community, how many women compete, and how many women are serious about these games, or just show up, like whether you're an artist, cosplayer, girlfriend, mom, you know, whatever, if you're there, there's a lot more than there used to be. So, you know, in short, at the time, you know, people were like not used to seeing women playing, they don't take us seriously. And I think some of those attitudes came out like on my team um, from coaches, um, you know, and, and I can say confidently, I'm very, very close, not close, but very, very cool with everybody um, that participated on this at this point now. Um, but at the time, there was a lot of drama and tension and people, you know, the judgment and people just saying things like the thing that stuck with me the most is, you know, someone saying uh, sexual harassment is part of the fighting community. That it triggered me. It got, it got me really pissed. I was like, I, hearing that as a woman who's dealt with a fair share of sexual harassment, I don't want to hear that. And especially when I'm, you know, doing my best and I have this opportunity, it really pissed me off. And I thought it was very unfair. Um, and it, it upset me because it was being part of that came from a comparison between how the fighting community is and how esports is. And esports was coming up like. I think StarCraft was the biggest esport at the time. Like this was a very long time ago. We didn't have like League of Legends yet. Right. I don't think. Um, but it was it was growing and it was very separate. It was from the beginning very noticeable how different it was from fighting games because fighting games, fighting tournaments, like you you pop off and throw someone's controller or like people fight. Like people <laughs> people are crazy in the fighting community and it's and it's fun and exciting and people talk shit. Like I was part of that too. And not the, you know not the stick throwing and the violence, but like. Um, you know, like some trash talk or some like, you know, really feeling yourself like um, in, the, in the competition, especially it being a one on one game. Like, I think that's something people forget about is that like, I mean, StarCraft is too, but you're you're one on one, you're sitting next to each other, you, you smell the other person, you see their sweat on their forehead, and you're playing them and you shake their hand afterwards. And like, you know, StarCraft or like these team games like League of Legends, like I respect those games and I love, you know, uh, other, other uh, competitive games too, but like. It's a team game. It's different. It's an online game. It's different. Like there's nothing like fighting games, you know, oh, right. except maybe music games, um, <laughs> where you're playing that person one on one. This is a very uh, large reason why I like both. I think, but um, you're sitting right next to that person, you're looking them eye to eye, and you shake their hand afterwards. Um, I love that, and and so be because of that, again, like the differences are so noticeable. Everyone's there in person, seeing each other, and um, you know, back to the the, the fact that. Uh, I think people were taking issue with how maybe boring or how professional or how like toned down and buttoned up like esports e were. Um, you know, they, they feel like they're taking the fun out of it, and part of the fun is the, the shit talk. You can't curse on a StarCraft stream. You can't, right. um, you know, tell someone they suck. You know, you get it, some basic stuff. You, you, it's, it's removed, and people didn't like that. And you know, I, I kind of also was kind of like that's kind of lame. You know, I don't like that. I like a, a little bit, I, you have to find a line, right? Where it's acceptable. But then some people took it a little more and said, you know, all this really stuff that, you know, I found negative, like sexual harassment or like, you know, racism or like things that you probably shouldn't say, like in any context, they're like, that's part of the fighting community. And I'm like, no, it's, it's really not. It's and really it's not, not part of, you know, Starcraft or all these other things either. But the time people were so used to their ways, people were also a lot younger. People also had a lot of, um, you know, they're in their ways because it's always been like that to them and they don't, it doesn't affect them. Right. Um, so I've always been very, even before fighting games, I've been outspoken against sexism. I've handled a lot of it myself throughout my life. And I, I always speak up when I feel, feel a certain way. And so I, that clashed with me really badly. Um, you know, I'm back to cross salt. So I, I was like, look, 
I, I don't want to play for this team anymore. I don't mean part of this anymore. I'm, it just went on the whole time, this whole attitude that this is how it is and it's not going to change and no one should have to change for this. I, I, I gave up after a while and I was like, look, I'm, this isn't for me. Contractually, I, I had to be there for the rest of the event. So I just held forward. I held forward and I forfeited. I died. Like in my match, I fell forward so I wouldn't block anything. I died and I got eliminated and I just sat in the back the rest of the time. Pretty miserable, pretty pissed. And um, and I was kind of hoping that, you know, someone, and then the worst part is, you know, one person having that attitude, I could talk to that person or, or have them see my point of view, but like seeing Twitch chat agree with this, like hundreds of people being like, yeah, like in your, your shit for thinking otherwise and just going in on me even harder was like the hardest thing to take in. And then um, another thing that people don't really talk about, like people, people see like, oh, sexual harassment, they know what it is, it's bad. But they also don't understand that like me, at least what I felt at the time, not having friends back me up. And mm -hmm. actually, it's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask because people don't want to get involved in drama, right? right. They don't they, they don't want to. I, I understand that too. And I've been in that position before. But um something like cross assault, like you know, my friends back at home, like when I when I come back, they're like, they're not gonna make some grand statement for me, like, you know, to, to help me. And I think they should have. And I think if it was today, they would have. But at right, the time, yes. it's scary because everyone's already against me. They don't want to jump into a, a pit where someone's being eaten alive by lions. Right. You know, how's that going to help them? So so I didn't have, I felt like I had no support, um, you know, very, very little support. Um, and it was so hard. And um, so now, yeah, like, um, when people come out forward with stories about like, hey, this person, you know, did this thing to me, it made me feel pushed out of the community, or it was like hateful in some way. Um, and they just want to find accountability for that person. Maybe not like kick them out of the community, but they're just like, hey, like this is messed up, it should change. Yeah. Um, I think it's good that they have the courage to say those things and then people have the courage to support them because I think the allies and the people who are helping them out um, are important too. Because it makes a big difference whether you come forward and say something or not, if you know people are going to have your back or not. Yeah, of course. Um, that that or... makes all the difference. You got to have that support, you know, when mm -hmm. you're fighting and dealing with these issues, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, of course, are a female who's been in this community for mm -hmm. some time. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you say to women and, uh, uh, you know, that are coming into the community that are on the outside in? Like, what would you say to them to help them along in their journey that you didn't maybe have access to like you know no one told you but you can you can now you know you now you have that now you can tell the next one is coming up what would you say to women coming to this community now that, that see street fighter see tekken see a king of fighters sama showdown a marvel game what, what, what do you say to them to help them thrive and continue to grow in this community um don't like don't let anyone tell you, you can't do it like one of the first negative comments i had was my boyfriend at the time very very long time ago he's not even in the community anymore but it was the very first tournament i ever entered for tekken and he said why are you entering and I'm like the same reason everyone else is entering like do you think you can win and i was like no i just started playing this game i don't think i can win i just want to see how good i can do and he's like why are you entering for attention and i was like no i'm entering for the same reason everyone else is entering i want to play and see how good i do and see you know and learn and and get and compete it's fun like he, he, I think if any guy told him that he would understand it, but if I say it, he didn't get that. He thought he just was already set thinking that I'm here for attention. And I'm like, I get attention when I go anywhere. I don't need attention in the fighting community. <laughs> like I don't, 
uh, you know, I'm loud. Like I, <laughs> right. I, 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 that, that comes naturally. So I, that's not something I seek, uh, was seeking out in the fighting community. I, I really just wanted to compete and I'm a very competitive person. Um, it was hard to make people see that. And oftentimes, especially at the time, again, this is like the mid two thousands, uh, early two thousands, sometimes, uh, in, in some cases, um, you know, if a girl's on the stream, like looking at her phone, like not even aware that she's on the camera, like the chat will be full of people saying, Oh my God, attention horror. She's on the camera. She's like, she knows she's on the camera. It's like, what, like, so is the commentator. The commentator's in front of the camera. The player's in front of the camera. No one's judging them. Right. It, it, it's one of those things. But anyway, I guess it goes th those those two things. Um, that's another thing I want to talk about is like being on a stream. Like, don't be scared to be on a stream. Um, don't be scared to play. Like, don't let someone discourage you. I guess like people will always try to discourage you. People will go to your Twitter and see that you're a female and just already hate you and and say mean shit and try to discourage you, make you feel bad just for existing. Like, don't like those people suck. Like, don't even listen to them. Like, and I think that's the advice a lot of people will give, and it's just so hard to take in, especially um, you know, as a teenager, like you want approval from everybody. Like for the younger players, you want approval from everybody. You want to make friends. And so when someone, uh, you can't be friends with everybody. And there's people you don't want to be friends with who are going to be assholes. Like don't for look sure. for their approval, you know, but if, figure out like why you're there. Like you want to, you're in this community because you uh, cosplay or because you play competitively or because you play casually, like find out what you want to do in the community and then just do it. Like don't let people say shit. Like you're not part yeah. of the community or whatever, or, or because you're not good. You're not good yet. So like, well, if you're new, you're not going to be good. Like, no one was good on there for his day. Like, no a lot of people good. say that and then they get to you, you know? Like, um, and then the other thing is, like, um, take yourself seriously, too. Like, don't, like, you know, I think the more you do that, more people around you will, will like, want to help you get better or, like, you know, listen to you and, and, and stuff like that. And, and yeah, I would do just you... say, don't listen to people who are going to be jackasses. That's so, probably this... the advice anyone would give, but it's like, it's so important <laughs> to learn how to do that. For yourself, you know, you, you, just, you just gotta tune out all the negativity, you know, that's mm -hmm. all of honest community. Uh, mm -hmm. that being said, do you think the community has come a long way from its boys' club roots, like the whole boys' yeah. treehouse? You know, you can't yeah. come in here. I, I mean, I'm your honest opinion have we grown? Do we need more work? You know, I, I, oh, okay, B both, yes, yes, we've grown an incredible amount, and I, I think actually, you know, if a new person came into this community, I'd still be a little embarrassed about some of the stuff that goes on. Like, mm -hmm. and I'd be like, "What the hell? Like, that's normal here." Like, <laughs> um, uh, a, a little bit, yeah, but um, so we, but we have come a, a lot, a long way. Again, like, I see so many more women at tournaments. Like, I'm not the only woman that goes to the tournament. Like, that happened a lot. Like, I'd be the only one in the room, and I had to just deal with that. I had to just learn how to not be uncomfortable um uh people typically might have to some people might have to deal with that in their area still or like you know in their community um and it's just a matter of just staying focused you know what you're doing not not letting anything make you uncomfortable but um but uh i think we've come a long way um a very long way people are comfortable coming up coming forward um coming out coming out to tournaments and stuff but um people also uh still have issues going on um in their in their communities or just overall that need to be addressed um the community still has a lot more work to do mm -hmm. um in terms of inclusion that's not just you know women it's you know trans women it's um women of color especially like yes. that's a huge issue that i've seen yes. like i've learned more about this year because people are speaking up more it's disgusting mm -hmm. like how people are just you know discrediting uh, discrediting uh some of our um 
and our black female players, like it's it's not it's not cool. It's gross. Um, I'm just, I mean, I'm embarrassed when I hear about it. You know, as a yeah. black male, you know, it's just like, no, why are we discrediting any female, let alone yeah. you know, black or whatever? You know, it's not right. Yeah. It's just so inappropriate. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest pain point right now, honestly, in terms of it, because like I feel I feel like way more comfortable than I did before in 2006 or five or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, because you were there, uh, you saw the growth. You know, you saw the things change little by little. You know, we're not perfect, it, but yeah, both in individuals, because the thing is, it has to come from the top down. I think like if TOs yeah. let stuff slide, you know, um, if TOs let stuff slide, then everyone of this, everyone who's in this, you know, this tournament or this uh, uh, event is going to know that they can get away with whatever the hell they want. And then it just spreads, I think. And it, TOs already have an incredible amount of responsibility on their plate. And that's hard to be like, you get out. You know, like they make that call because it always comes with so much hate from both sides or wherever. But um, they have a responsibility to do that, I think, and they, at least make people feel safe. You know, um, so they hear something, see something, like to act on it, keep your code of conduct um, reasonable, like draw the line somewhere, um, follow through on um, uh, like um, warnings, like someone gets a warning for something. Like I, something I've seen is like I think it's a lot of black and white, like. Someone says something on Twitter that sounds kind of threatening. It's like you're either banned for like five events or you're yeah. just like, or it's like, oh, they didn't really mean it. It's fine. It's a joke. And it's like, it depends on who the person is. It depends on who's the event is, who's making the call. And I get that these things are being addressed and they should be if, if it's any kind of negative, you know, comment that someone makes or, or threat. But um, I feel like uh, there's like less extreme cases where it's like this person insulted this person. No, it's not cool. But like, are they going to be banned? Like, I feel like the line is drawn in different places and I know the community is working together to make like a code of conduct. Um, I really would like to see the progress made there because, um, you know, I, 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 I want to know that like, we have a unif like a kind of a more uniform like decision-making process about our code of conduct basically. Um, so yeah, I know people are heavily invested in that and are working on it. Um, I'm excited to see what, what they, what they come up with. Um, but it's a step in the right direction, I think. Because, like I said, TOs already do, they have so much on their plate, they already doing so much. When you say um, that, like, a, a code of conduct, is it basically based on kind of all the allegations that have happened in and around the community in the last year that have come to light? Or just, like, that plus everything that's happened before? Like, uh, you, uh, because I, I think, know that was a lot of discussion um, this year in particular because of like the ac accusations of you know different players in the smash community some fec uh and now that yeah a lot of um a lot of tos have like come together uh they mm -hmm. want to have this code of conduct so you, you you think it should like is, is it something that should should be like should it be like there be, there be a committee because then people have their reservations right like oh you gotta then who's on the community if, if that's community excuse me if there's a committee involved who's on the committee mm -hmm. you know uh, like, what are your thoughts on more about having that code of conduct across the board in these like events? Well, a code of conduct is heavily favored. Um, you know, I I would I would like a code of conduct at least just to de define where the line is. Right. You know, because there's people who, there's people who don't know where the line is. There's people who think they do and they they don't, and that's that's kind of what concerns me the most. And that's something that's kind of fixable with something like a code of conduct. Um, but in terms of like punishment for people who have done something wrong, like how many times, how, how is a 
if you do this thing, this offense, are you going to get banned permanently? Right. And then this other offense, is this going to be something you just get a warning for? Like defining that um, is going to take a lot more work, I think. But um, you think it's a case by case uh, basis? You think it's just something that should be across the board? Yeah, yeah, but um, like you said, like a committee, like that type of thing. I, I think in the past I would have thought that was a great idea, and I still think it could be. It could be, but I'm just nervous because there's so many people who were in powers or position that have abused it. So it's like you have a committee of five people to make these decisions, and two of them end up being like sleazy, like right. jerk offs. Then it's like, well, you know, we, like <laughs> who do we look so up to? Like, to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it gets crazy. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, so, and especially with this year, I've been a little disheartened about the things I'm hearing. Mm. Um, and so, like, I don't know. It's something we have to figure out as a community. And I think talking about it is the, the first step. So um, I, I would like to see what they come up with um, uh, in terms of the um, code of conduct and how it plays out. Because like right now, everyone's kind of standing still anyway. There's no events going on. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah. I just um, – and one of the things I've done, like – I think I, I get that people, especially like, I think it was 2014 and 2015, I had a women's suite. And uh, so I'm, I've never really been, this is a little off topic, I guess, but I've never really been in favor of um, women's only events. Okay. I've heard uh, for me personally, I've, I've, I used to be really against them because I thought of it as like separation uh, implies inferiority kind of thing. And I still kind of feel that way depending on who's, who's, who's it coming from. If it's a guy saying like, oh my God, it'd be cool to have a bunch of girls in the room because it's a sausage fest. We want to bring girls in. It's like, do you want to uh, bring girls in because you want to hang out with more girls? Or do you want right. to bring girls in because you want to see them shine? Like if, if it's a women's group, like a women's like like club or something that's like, let's get have a get together. Like that makes more sense to me. Um, and sometimes women's only competitions make sense to me too. They're not for me, but like I've spoken to enough women that have said it's helped them that I believe that. And if they want to have them, it's harmless, but I typically think that um, everything should be mixed. There's no reason it shouldn't be. It's not a physical sport. It's not like boxing where it would make sense to have women's only and men's only. I don't think it makes sense at all for fighting games. Right. But um, again, I'm not. I'm not gonna tell anyone they're wrong for wanting it. Um, if they do, if it makes them more comfortable, it's fine. Um, but at Evo, I did have a women's only suite, and that was um, different because I, I knew at my first Evo again, like I didn't see any other women there except for the couple that I came with. Right. Um, and and I realized if you're coming with a group of just guys and you come to Evo and it's Vegas um, and you, like, you're the only girl in the room, like most of the time, it's probably really uncomfortable and weird and you probably don't even know how to make friends with other people or find them. So it's kind of like a, a meetup, like, I guess. And it was fun, like, it was a party. It was a sweet party. Um, mm. So I invited like every girl in the fighting community I knew um, told them to invite everyone they wanted the next years i had it too but it was mixed i had guys come in too i was like whatever but it, i just wanted to create a space where people felt comfortable and like networking i guess and also had just having fun there was setups um and but the thing is like i you know a lot of people trusted me i trust myself but um and i don't think anything bad happened at those events I, at least not that i've heard of at all i think people mostly just had fun but like what if someone who had bad intentions ran something like that right you know that's happened before it's, it's like it's like i it's like i don't know who trusts anywhere <laughs> kind of feeling it, it feels shitty so i just hope more people who have the best intentions are holding uh, holding events and, and doing stuff like that and i can say i trust very very much a lot of the people who are in in positions about like the tenno guys like um you know a lot of the big t tos so um 
I feel kind of comfortable and I've always, I always felt kind of comfortable. Um, I'm always surrounded by friends that I trust that have never wronged me. So I feel like I have bodyguards a lot of times. So I've, I've been safe, but I just worry about some of the stuff going on that you hear less about. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's a problem the community has to address as a whole, as a, as a group and solve. It's, I wish I had answers. Oh, that's cool. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, and I, th I think it's also someone's job. Like, if you see something, if you hear something, like, say it. Yeah, say, of something. say something, of course. Yeah. Especially yeah. if, you know, as a member of this community, you, you, you come. It's weird because I always say the FTC and communities like the FTC are kind of like our escape from the norm, right? Like, we have our yeah. lives, mm -hmm. we have our mm -hmm. stresses, our stressors in our lives and stuff. And sometimes I just want to get away with some friends. I want to, pop off at matches i want to press buttons i want to see you know that's what you know it's, it's what we like it's what we like to do and yeah when and you can kind of view this for yourself as a fantasy world but then when the reality seeps into that fantasy and the same problems mm -hmm. that you can deal with in your personal life you can start to see in these spaces it's rough you don't and it makes yeah. it unenjoyable and you, you don't want any mm -hmm. of that so i completely agree with that yeah it's it's, it's not keep all that negative stuff out we don't want that here yeah <laughs> <laughs> um moving on something a little more lighthearted, of course so imagine yourself you're kind of like a meme right now right you're walking down the street and you're holding box's hand you look back and it's charlotte <laughs> what's that about right how did you get into samurai showdown now 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 you're like <laughs> you're questioning <laughs> and now samurai showdown enters your life <laughs> what, what happens <laughs> Well, I think I think he was cut off with Boxer before I started playing Sam Show. I mean, there's a couple of years in between. Like, right. What happened for me, at least, was, uh, um, you know, Street Fighter 4 died down. Street Fighter 5 came out. I didn't particularly like the game. I didn't like how it felt. I didn't even really give it a fair shot, I would say. Like, honestly speaking, I played mm -hmm. a little bit, and I was like, it's not 4. No one's playing 4 anymore. Uh, like, And at the time... Overwatch came out. <laughs> okay, yeah. Overwatch came out again. Again, like I've always played a lot of games besides fighting games. So, Overwatch came out. It was exciting to me. I was a Blizzard, you know, kid at the time. Still, um, not anymore. Uh, but I like. I was fascinated. By it. I, I, I. Blizzard betas are very hard to get into, and mm -hmm. I was like the biggest nerd when it came to Overwatch. Like I saw the trailer and I was like, I need to play this game. Yes. I need to play this game so badly. I. I talked about it nonstop to every single person I knew until I got a beta and I got a beta key. It was like a Blizzard family and friends type of beta um, by um, my coworkers, sister's boyfriend's friend who Ooh. I've never spoken to or knew. <laughs> he worked at Blizzard and he was like, he heard like <laughs> my coworker pressured his girl, his sister enough to like, use her connections, I guess. And so like, I actually got into the beta because like I put me on his family and friends list. That's awesome. um yeah that's how obnoxious i was about it so like beta was very very small and i got to know a lot of the players uh people who are still playing now in like overwatch league like really early on and like play with them and like be part of the community very early uh which helped me make you know like, i made a ton of friends um i got you know i got to play it a lot a lot a lot um and i i just kind of got sucked into that um sucked into that game um i think you know, I don't see anything bad about it, but I think it feels kind of stale now. It feels kind of like I'm done. I'm totally done with it. I haven't played it in like over a year, and I don't really have any interest in in going back playing it really. But for the time being, I was really sucked into it, and that didn't leave a lot of time for fighting games or anything else. Right. 
that was my thing uh, in like probably I guess 2015, I think that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and fighting games are kind of out of the picture. Um, also, I was I was working a job where I'd be like eight to ten or like ten hours a day usually. Like I'd be working a lot, um, a lot. And you know the idea of like you know getting a change of clothes and like driving all up to San Francisco to go to a session or to go to uh, weekly like uh, that like appealed less to me because I'd already been doing that for like years and I was like kind of like ah, it's a weekday night I'm tired I'm getting old I have to work you know like it, <laughs> it became harder for me to like convince myself to do that and again netcode meant I wouldn't really be playing at home so Overwatch um, Overwatch League of Legends all that stuff I did it I'm embarrassed but I did <laughs> no I don't be embarrassed and, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know people judge for it but those games are all fun they're all fun they're all good they're all polished too they have a lot of support so um yeah i played a lot of pc games at the time um that's when i got into final fantasy 14 as well um and then and then at that point it had been like a year and a half a couple of years and i was like am i gonna play fighting games again like i started you know my friendships with my street fighter 4 friends started kind of fading or like i'd keep in contact with them less and i'm like these are my best friends these are my brothers like and sisters like and you know i i I started I, every every year or so. I'd step back and be like, "Am I even in the fighting community anymore? Like, I don't play. I haven't played anything. I don't hang out with my friends anymore. I miss it so much." But what am I going to do? Play Street Fighter Five? I'm sorry, right. I just don't like that game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then my friend Jeff, um, you know, I, I was hanging out with him, you know, chatting about all kinds of stuff. We played Street Fighter Four a bit, you know, and he was like, "I don't know what it was, but he he was like, do you play like SNK games?'" And I was like, "No, I never touch King of Fighters." And he's like dude, you should play Sam show. It's coming out. Like I have the beta, like come over and play Sam show. And I was like, I had never heard of Sam show before. Mm-hmm. What the hell? And he was like super obsessed with it. And like, he didn't have a lot of people to play with. So like I'd play with him, And it was like, I, I felt that like, you know, when you, when you first get, when it first clicks with you and I was like, Oh my God, I love this game. It's so fun. Like I love playing this game. And like, all I did was play Sam show for like a year, you know, before it came out and after it came out. Um, and it was Charlotte. Like I played Nakoruru uh, during the beta where they had like four characters accessible, or maybe two. It was it was Yashimaru, uh, Hamaru, I think, and Nakoruru. I don't remember who else. Um, yeah. I think that might have been it. Um, I played her because she's one of, one of the only characters available. And then when the game came out, I was like, Charlotte looks cool. Like she looks cool. And then I heard she's turtly. I heard she's got a strong button. <laughs> she's got a bunch of strong buttons. And I was like, I just, and she, okay. And she has the most health. It's insane to me. She has earthquake health. She has the most health in the game. Yeah. And I think they said it's because she's a fencer and she's wearing armor. She's wearing like chest armor and no one else. Mm-hmm. In the, they're all wearing cloth. They're all wearing like kimonos and stuff right, yeah. or, or gi or yeah, they're wearing cloth. <laughs> um, right. I think that was the reason behind it, but I'm like, I don't need a reason for her to be OP. Like I'll play her. <laughs> And so, and she's fun. She just fit my play style. And I still, uh, I, I liked playing Charlotte a lot. And it had that feeling like Barog did where I, I played again at my pace. I set the pace. I, I, I threw out the strong neutral game and like, yeah, I liked it. And I liked, I liked the other characters too. Like I'd, I'd mess around with some other characters. I never played them like seriously, but like, like how it felt, you know, playing against all these different play styles of all the other characters too. Um, and le- just learning the game. And, and that was actually the first time I ever had to play a character that had a, um, uppercut <laughs> so i had to learn how to do uppercuts and fireballs which it's kind of insane after playing fighting games that long because i'd always play one character i never really you, you know i'm not like master like at least a couple 
Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't really. So, um, yeah, it was Barog and it was Xiaoyu before that. So, I was like, I have to learn how to do uppercuts now, and it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it really <laughs> wasn't. I, I was pretty good at reacting and, and doing them and, and airing with them. So I felt like I, I got that down pretty quick. Um, and it was fun. It was fun to, you know, anti someone with uppercut, like what happened to me all the time in Street Fighter Four. <laughs> I got to do it with other people. <laughs> now I, I know, uh, when I met you, which was uh, ECT last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll consider you someone that's in the community, making things work in the community. You had the mm-hmm. team tournament go on and stuff. Uh, did Samurai Showdown like first inspire you to get more involved with the community, or did you do that before with Street Fighter? Uh, with Street Fighter, I did it before a little bit. So me um, and some friends from San Jose. So San Jose State uh, it was the college I went to, but there was also a lot of. There's an arcade there. It had Street Fighter, and there's a lot of people in that area who went to the school specifically who played. So like the community at the school was like really strong. Um, and so we'd do like some uh, events at the arcade. Um, I would co-run uh, or co- co-organize some stuff um, with uh, some people there. Um, and yeah, I'm like, in terms of events, like I never ran a tournament myself, but I'd always help, like help run brackets, help run registration, help, help out in some way, but I never wanted the responsibility of like organizing the thing because I already know how monstrous that is and i did the it pain. for work like <laughs> professionally professionally yeah I'd, I'd help run events so like i didn't want to do that as my hobby either because i'm not getting paid to do it as stressful as hell i don't need i don't need it in both my worlds so um i would just kind of be on the sidelines helping i never really ran anything myself i think um other than like the girl suite party which was you know a large responsibility but it was super casual and fun it wasn't like a tournament you know it was right. it was just more fun thing um but uh, yeah, I think the only event that I've mostly taken on myself was probably the one that I met you at. Was at ECT. It was like a side uh, thing. Of course, I had a lot of help from Katamari. I had a lot from you guys, um, you know, in uh, the production and in um, finding the space and the time for it. Um, but you know, organizing the players and I had a lot of help also from Aru and gathering up his side because what I wanted it to be was like I knew that there was a good amount of West Coast people coming out for that, and we've never had that. Like Sam show was still relatively new. We didn't have like a bunch of events. It wasn't like several majors every month, you know. It was like it was like uh, that was the first time that most people came out for both. So I was like, there's a good amount of people from West Coast coming out, and I know East Coast has a strong scene, so we should have like a East Coast versus West Coast exhibition. But then Aru, of course, is like, um, he complained about how there's so many good people from East Coast that we need to have multiple teams for East Coast. I'm like, okay, well then it can't be East Coast versus West Coast anymore. So um, we had like regions or areas. So it was like DMV. It was like New York one, New York two. West Coast had one team, I think. After that, yeah. um, who so, I forgot um, who won that. It was what did it come down to? I think both the New York teams got out. Was that? Yeah, it was a three-way tie. Three- oh yeah, it was, the it was, tie. It was, it was, no, it was just a tie. It was a tie. So it, it had to be. Um, but the number of teams we had and people dropping out or whatever, and the way it was set up, I did it was round robin. I think it ended up being round robin three teams at the end, and it was like a three way tie. I think that's what happened. Yeah, but it um, was... people were so disappointed, and I was like, well, it wasn't for money; it was for it was fun. A, yeah, it was a great action. <laughs> it was a great action. I, was, I don't... In my defense, the time constraints, I couldn't see how we could do it any other way right. uh, with the time constraints and how long it takes to run a team event. But it was disappointing to have a three way tie. Um, but another fun thing was that that was the first time that uh, Basara came out, and he was uh, the first like streamed footage of him, I guess, because he came out I think over that weekend. Yeah. And he was legal. It was the first tournament play of Basara. I think right. he was legal in that event because it was a side thing. People got to see Basara. Some good practice with Basara, like um, 
that was cool. But um, I made a lot of friends at ECT. ECT was like, it was the first ECT I'd been doing. And it was like, it completely reminded me of everything I loved about the fighting community. Like, I bitched and moaned the whole time about where it was because it was so far for me to go from uh, fly across the country to, you know, New York. And yeah, then, then go to Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we in, in, in California, we have tournaments right as close as we can to the airport. I don't know about right. you guys. And like, I had to take like, an Uber that was like way more expensive than I thought it would be like really far. I didn't know. And no, everyone I knew in New York didn't have a car because they live in New York. So I was like, <laughs> so I had, it was frustrating. And I, as soon as I got there from start to finish, that event was so amazing. Like I absolutely will be there next time. I'm going to buy the merch this time. I know it comes out. Um, awesome, awesome. It came out now. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Another thing I really am excited for is combo breaker. I had never been to a combo breaker before. Me um, neither. And that's because I, really? always, I I miss the, it's between the timing and like missing hotel rooms and it frustrates me. And like, mm -hmm. I know that's like one of the events, you know, if you're an FTC, you have to go based on what people mm -hmm. have been telling me. So I, hopefully next year I might get a chance to go. I, I, I will, I will go next year. Like <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> that will keep me from going next year <laughs> like, or whenever they can have it again, because I like, I feel like I missed out. So, and again, this was like when Combo Breaker was, you know, becoming like the biggest and the best, like that's when I was taking a step away from the fighting community. So I didn't really like, I wasn't going to any majors at the time during that mm. a couple, a couple year period. Um, you know, coming back playing Sam show, everyone's like, what the hell? Like, how could you have never been to Combo Breaker? I know it's in Chicago, mm -hmm. but Jesus, like you gotta make the trip. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I regret never never being at one i was fully intending to go this year and it's unfortunate um what happens but uh, when it comes up again i'm going and ec2 is act as well i think those are two my, my two favorites at this point um you know we used to have our uh we used to have uh norcal regionals socal regionals and mm. all of those and those are my favorites too like i i'd go to socal time and play with those guys and socal regionals was amazing um we'd have other a lot of other like smaller like a um, we'd have a uh, strong style. We'd have, style, yes. you know, a lot of California majors um, that were amazing as well, but those kind of, I feel, um, have also kind of changed. Like for example, North regionals was kind of far away at, to a point where like, I didn't want to travel two hours to get to it. And like things, things change. Like it's so expensive to rent a space where all these, um, you know, we have to make these changes and sacrifices. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that like when events are viable again, because you know, the health concerns are kind right. of taken care of that TOs have the resources to do these events, like as they were, or even bigger and better, you know, I hope people come back instead of, instead of giving up and being like, Oh, I'm done with fighting games. Like they come back and be like, this is a time where we can put all of our resources back into it and make it bigger and better than before. Yes. Um, Cause I'm willing to do that. And I know TOs, you know, they're already putting in 100%. I don't know if they can put it in 110%, but I know any, any TO that's running anything after COVID is going to be, you know, doing their best and we need to support them. Like, that's so important. As long as we're safe, like the, you, know, hmm? you know, as long as we're safe, like, we definitely want to support well, them. Yeah, more. yeah, when, yeah. When the time comes, yeah. Right, that's when the time not going to be time to do it. Right. Yeah. Of course. Um, who are your favorite players, male or female, in the community? Give me five. Oh, <laughs> Five. Just you like to watch. You like to play against. Um. Oh, give me three. Uh, three. Three. Make it easy. I, I can. I can name. 
three, five, ten. I can I can okay. go on. It's just hard to to make that like list of. Uh, I don't okay. know who I'm going to say first. Don't don't take that. any offense, anyone who doesn't have your name mentioned by this lady. Well, Aru <laughs> is my favorite central player easily. That's my boyfriend. Right. Um, but he's also he was also my favorite player before. I was kind of a fangirl. Um, <laughs> but he he's an amazing player. But it's it's not. I even care much about the character he plays it's not that it's like he did so much for the community i think uh, and a lot of people especially east coast and jeff as well um mm. you know um when he was in california and still now like he did run rumble which was like you know I'm, I'm not a fan of online play but like it's still part of the community like a lot of people are online players and like putting together these like huge 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 uh online tournaments is like it's a game changer for the community like it brought a whole lot of people um into the community and made them like um interested in the game so jeff uh for that and then andrew like he kind of did the same for like east coast uh east coast um same show um he put together the discord he pressured people to come out to events he played with anyone and everyone like um he helped me run the 3v3 um at ect uh so people like that people who like give to the community like any to i would say is probably my favorite person in the fighting <laughs> community as well um but uh I guess in terms of maybe I can organize it like commentators. Um, uh, Rome. Rome is a really good commentator. I love Rome's commentary. He's extremely funny. Um, he's good at the games he plays. He's, he's great. Um, Rome and uh, Aru specifically are probably one of my favorite pairs. Um, Ryan Hart and uh, Andrew at Evo were also good commentators, I think. Um, yeah, but in terms of players too, um, I don't know. There's there's so many good players. It's hard. It's, <laughs> it's I think I think back in the day, I, I could say back in the day when I first started playing, I really respected John Choi because he he uh. was like he was like super educated, like had an amazing girlfriend, like really good at the game. He like won two Evo titles in one year. Like he's like the like the I don't know. He's just like the best person you can be. Like I just really respected him, and he seemed like an honest person, and he was always like. A good person um so i i really respected john Choi, and i think a lot of people would say that in norcal especially yes. um legend yeah he's like he's legend too you know he's, he's he's good um he's good as well um but yeah my answer i guess you know if it's fair i'd say any to anyone contributing to the community in some way you know people forget about you know the blood sweat and tears that go into that and like it's a very thankless job sometimes they usually you hear Extremely about thankless. the drama or the hate or like or someone some getting angry about some decision or something and then you mm. don't hear about like there's no like to appreciation day you know, right. no... <laughs> so just buy your to like a coffee and a bagel and a pat on the back and mm. and and just show appreciation if you can i think they never they never can get enough um appreciation for what they do um yeah i think um content creators as well similarly like uh i know kelvin um kelvin ran events uh, he was one of the people who went to san jose state he ran events um he's always had the fgc's best interest in mind um he he's been in a position for a long term where he can make decisions that um help benefit the fgc and i think he's always done that kelvin um, uh Dion? And... is that the mm -hmm. okay yes he's very cool people yeah, yeah. NorCal too, yeah. <laughs> but um, he also has done, uh, you know, created content. He was super into cross tech in people who like put their all in, you know, um, to loving their game and like making sure people can have resources and the ability to appreciate it with them. 
awesome, awesome. So this is like such like it's a lot that's <laughs> going on in like what fifteen years for you in terms of this community. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. You, you, I mean, we, you spend you, if you spend enough time, yes, it, it, it'd be quite the whirlwind, I think, of of things to get involved in. Um, if if COVID wasn't an issue today, uh, were there any plans you had in the community before COVID that got stunted that you would like to see come come to fruition? Or like, if COVID wasn't a thing now, what would you be doing? You think within the community? Well, the biggest the biggest thing I missed out on this year was Comer Breaker. Um, that that was just a plan that fell through, and I think a lot of people would would feel that way. Um, and, and other events, any other events. Um, I do know that Sam Show. Um, you know, honestly speaking, um, we had uh, Wednesday night fights in the Oakland Esports Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, the turnouts for Sam Show had been declining, so um, that was disappointing. This was before COVID too, so it was, it was disappointing. I I don't know if it's more COVID or more the community already kind of declining. That um, but I didn't feel like we were having as productive weeklies uh, for Sam show anymore. So I don't know if um, depending on my work, cause I I've always had like, I've always been a real go-getter in my professional career. So like I've, I can, I contribute a lot of my energy and time to my job. And so like, it, it depends on where I would be at, with my job. If I would have time outside to like go all in, like how Jeff does, like, and then just like make community events happen to, to try to pump some you know blood back into the community. Or just let it, you know, let it go because I don't, you know, have the bandwidth to help contribute. Right. Um, I mean, I sometimes know. you and can I'll... do only what you can within your within your power, right? And if people mm-hmm. just aren't responding, you know, you can't you can't show that show that responsibility by yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you, I mean, if you have the bandwidth, you, you can help contribute right. in some way, and whether it's you know uh, streaming content creation, you know, uh, toing or just showing up to your showing up to weekly every week you know uh all, all those things um but yeah um you know trying to keep sam show going uh you know both with my play and then helping the community is something that i probably would have continued uh, if it wasn't for covid um and traveling more so um yeah i, I really liked like the east the east coast uh SNK community a lot. Like I didn't know anyone from there at all until Sam show. And, and like, I, I probably would be making more trips to New York or just that area. And, and just even going to weeklies there or something. I went to um, the poster actually behind me that I didn't know you could see when yeah. I set my webcam, but it's cool that it's, it's cool that you can see it. Um, yes. That was a uh, lunar route. Um, that was the first time I went to uh, NL, uh, next level Okay. in New York. Um, it was super cool. It reminded me of Keystone actually, because it's like, it was like, if you go down in the basement, there's like random CRTs just like sitting on the floor. I don't know if they work or not. They're just there and it's like crowded and like everyone's just there like chilling, sweating together and like playing fighting <laughs> games. It's one of those like, we, we had arcades like that too, like Southtown Arcade. They weren't like run by a chain. They were just like little tiny like holes in the wall or like tiny mm. card shops and stuff like that. Um, I liked it there. And that's that's kind of like the FTC that I know is somewhere like that. And so um, I, I really like that. And traveling is kind of out of the question now uh right. for the time being so missing out on that as well yeah yeah new york has always had that that gritty you know scene that like you know laid yeah. back you know oh don't chip over the crt it's all right you know? yeah <laughs> yeah i think uh, i think that too uh but i think people don't people like, like keystone keystone was very much like that but that was mm-hmm. a it was a session it wasn't an arcade or it, it was someone's house but will we see you in some future King of Fighters, 
is that in the cards for you? Uh, I don't want to say yes and be wrong. Um, for now, how do you feel about yeah. it now? Like, you think about, okay, so I, if the the thirty minutes that I spent practicing bow and king combos in OTUM yesterday <laughs> are any indicator of me staying in the game. Um, the game felt, and I think most people say this about King of Fighters, it just feels faster. Mm. It's like Street Fighter, but faster. That's how it feels to me. And again, like my play style, what I like is when I can slow the game down. Yeah. I don't know that there's a character fit for me or a play style fit for me with that game. Yeah, and that, a lot of people have been game... like, oh yeah does not yeah. have a lot of slowdown there there's not many characters that can really control the pace everything's fast paced um yeah i mean you are playing but, bow which means that you and i cannot be friends because i hate that character <laughs> that's, that's, I, i've learned that that's the general sentiment my um, boyfriend even feels that way but i've i'm like i don't know he seems cool to me he's like throwing balls he's like becoming balls and like flying around he reminds me of blanca i'm like i don't know if his character is like but again, like I've spent very, I have very, very little time. I've spent 30 months, 30 minutes playing King of Fighters. So it's, I can't say for sure, but, um, but yeah, if I pick up a game and started playing it seriously right now, fighting games, it would probably be Tekken again, yeah. or, um, or I would, try, I would try Street Fighter V maybe even, I don't know, like, um, uh, but, or, or King of Fighters are 2 yam right now in the short right. term, probably. Um, what, what I really want is like, and, and I know it's greedy. I know it's like, because I, I bitch about like the, the net code and stuff. Like we need rollback. We need good net code. Because I, I want to play at home. I want to play at home and I want to play, you know, outside. Right. Um, and it's like when a game finally has net code, people are like, oh, it has net code. And you're not playing. Like Skullgirls has good net code. And you're not playing it. It's like, well, good net code isn't the only requirement for me to have a right. game that I really love. It's like, you know, not a knock at Skullgirls <laughs> or any other games. It, it, like KI and all that stuff. I did try KI as well um, a little bit. Um but like not knock at those games like it's just like i like street fighter 4 i like tekken you know and those games particularly don't have good net code and so like I, what i would hope for is a game that comes out that is um that has uh resources from the company like from the um developers like they have support you know like a new fresh game that people are going to be uh, the community is going to be bigger people are going to be more excited about it there's going to be more events for it like something that's bigger and better and has good net code that's like what i'm hoping for and what i want and i think a lot of people want that but right now what we have is you know some smaller games that have good net code and that's a, that's a starting point um and it's really good it's, it's really good for the king of fighters players like everyone's playing it right now so yeah. um it's not just you know oh it's old no one wants to play it like people still play third strike you know people still play <laughs> of course i would still play anyway. third strike that game's awesome yeah <laughs> people will always play that game <laughs> but um but yeah a supported game that has uh it's fresh and has good code. I don't know if that's going to be like the Riot Fighter. I don't know. I think I'm hoping it is. I don't know if I would like a Riot, Riot Fighter. I'm assuming I'll play it. I'm, I'm pretty I, sure I will. I'm, um, I'm assuming as long as it's been talked about in development, it it must be like potentially the best fighting game ever made if they're spending so much time like with this game, I feel. Hopefully. I, hopefully. I know people, good people are working on it. Like yeah. uh, knowledgeable people, you know, people who can build good code working on it so i have high hopes for it um and i am a big league of legends fan so mm. um you know the characters might not be my favorite but you know i think i'm already kind of in that you know riot uh arena well, so riot, um, i'm interested world. in huh you're in that riot yeah, yeah. world already that that community yeah. so yeah i played a whole lot of rune terror too which okay. uh, a whole lot of that game <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh but yeah yeah um I'm, ho I'm hopeful i'm hopeful but in the meantime we don't have anything uh that i would call that level that i'm expecting or hoping for so uh if i had to pick one game i would probably mess around with king of fighters otm nice nice so what i find interesting in our discussion so far well up to this point not a lot of talk about tekken 7 why is that I didn't play Tekken 7 much. I, I, around, it was uh, Tekken 6 and then BR. Um, and then I just kind of switched abruptly into like Street Fighter 4. Um, and I played that the whole time. And then once I stopped playing Street Fighter 4, I just I just kind of skipped Tekken 7. Or I skipped Tekken Tag, too. And, right. and just didn't pick up 7. And it's really unfortunate. And that's um, not unfortunate. It's just kind of like... Uh, weird choice i guess because like i was really really into tekken 6 and 5 um and then those games were not that big in the states i don't consider them they were they were some of the top level like um fighting games i guess they would have a spot at evo you know finals and stuff like that but like tekken 7 is freaking huge in the states now globally too mm -hmm. it was not just big in korea it's like big over here it's one of the bigger fighting games over here um and that's like the time where i chose to stop playing it so it's like <laughs> it it, it would have been smart for me to you know, pick it up again and play more now, but I had so much going on that I just didn't want to take on another game. Um, right. But I think going back, if I, uh, I might, I might give it a try again. Okay. I did boot it up like a couple weeks ago, um, but I didn't spend much time just kind of soul searching, I guess right now, figuring out what I want to dedicate the most time to. I don't like being spread thin. All right, uh, yeah, across that's, a, that's a lot. You don't want to be mm -hmm. that, that person that tournaments playing like eight games. <laughs> Play Hold everything and just being like <laughs> not focused on anything. Yeah, I like being, to pick one thing and focus really hard on it. So being like a TO's uh, nightmare, logistically. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're playing um, too many playing, games. I'm playing Guilty Gear right now. I can't play on stage for Street Fighter or KOF or whatever. Like these people are playing like eight different titles. All right, just know? DQ me. Just DQ me. I don't care about that game. Just DQ. Me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will never be that person. I'm definitely not good enough at every game to be that person, but um, I, I prefer to be more focused. Yeah, so. it helps. helps. You're too focused, though. I think you need a second character sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just one. No, that, that, is, that is definitely a flaw. <laughs> I, tried doing that in, I tried doing that in Sam Show, at least. To my credit, I, I did try playing other characters. I messed around with others. I wouldn't say I was proficient at any other ones, but right. I did like spend time in training mode playing almost all the other characters all right but i mean bit. but you love who you love and, and if, if that's mm -hmm. if that you find comfortability in that and that's great you, you know who's to stop you mm -hmm. <laughs> um moving forward what are like what are your thoughts about like just snk doing uh i for me i like the idea that snk has reached out to the lower tier of the community right like you have capcom cup and they do these stops, provide prize money and pools to huge events, you know, to get mm -hmm. qualifiers. Uh, SNK took the route and did like the local. You could be a Joe Schmo out in Indiana with a shop and they'll support your tournament. You just, you know, mm -hmm. write an email. Um, what do you think about that? That they're really looking at that base, that foundation layer of players and like, helping out those little scenes with just a little, you know, couple posters and stuff. I think it makes these scenes feel important and makes people want to come out. How do you feel about that? It's good. It's good. I mean, any support's good, but um, 
I think I think they're smart in, in recognizing that FGC grew a lot of through like grassroots efforts. It's, it continues to, and especially like I not small but smaller than Capcom. Mm-hmm. These like probably SNK um, SNK games. Um, uh, they still get a lot of love. People still love those games, and like and just some support helps. Um, so yeah, I think I would like to see a little more than like an XXXXL t-shirt and a poster because <laughs> that's what I usually get. I, and yeah. I'm not trying to sound like, um, like ungrateful, but no, um, it's usually like we have these leftover Haramaru shirts that are like triple XL. Um, Shoot, send me yeah, one. To me. I, <laughs> I have them. I, they're PJs <laughs> for me. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I know I sound extremely ungrateful saying that I know, but, um, but uh, I want them like, it would be cool to have like, um, of course, I'm going to ask for more, you know, like not, not more items. Like you need to give like these little like materialistic things like posters and, and like T-shirts and stuff. Right. But just like, um, I, I guess I don't know what I'd ask for specifically. Like if they had like, um, okay, I, I do know what I'd ask for specifically. I thought about it. Um, like the, the world championships. Like I feel like it was kind of not organized in a way that made any sense to me. Like the invites, the way right. they worked and yeah. like a lot of a lot of the plans were kind of bogus and didn't make sense to me. Like some more like dedication and thought put into stuff like that goes a long way because everyone who plays the game is looking forward to world championships, whether they're, whether they're able to compete or spectate or, um, you know, be a part of the, um, the qualifiers process. Um, cause me like, um, SF 25th anniversary, for example, like I didn't compete in that. I bet there was qualifying events, which I did compete in and those are fun and everyone competed in them. And, um, so even like the road to the big event, everyone can participate in some way. Um, having things like that build up, um, which is kind of what Capcom tr- tries to do as well with the Capcom Pro Tour, I think. Um, like uh, having something structured where like they're controlling and um, uh, supporting the community in that way, I think is preferred, but it has to be done right. And it has to be done with a lot of thought put into it. Um, probably more the world championships the world championship uh the SNK world championship thing was um so yeah i'd like to see like you know a little more uh polished there yeah that was a weird uh selection process it's like uh kind of mm-hmm. like open room for you like look on your chair you got an invite like yay and i was like huh what i didn't get it yeah yeah <laughs> i think it was supposed to like I don't want to get too into it, but yeah, this is just some decision making that like <laughs> it was uh, yeah. disheartening and confusing. <laughs> I don't think it's intention. I think it was unfamiliarity. I think that's what it was like with certain I, scenes and, and players and stuff like that. And I think that's what it was. Yeah. And not to blame, to. you know, whoever at SNK is the making the decisions. It's just, I know there's lo- little support sometimes from these companies mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, I, I've worked at, I've worked, you know, um, positions related to esports. um, my last three jobs um and uh sometimes it's a matter of one person who has like a different job being dragged into this thing and saying hey make this happen in three weeks like that happens a lot mm-hmm. and so like I, I wouldn't you know blame someone for not doing their best and just not making it up to the community's expectations but that's a bigger problem that's like we need to hopefully have these uh decision makers recognize that like the community is very important to this uh, to you know all esports and all fighting game players and um you know help us foster that by giving us the resources to do it and um making great events for us you know 
awesome. Yes, yes, it's all very important. Um, before we go, I just want to ask you real quick, um, who who has been like just influenced you to get you to this point in life and like just just the overall you know the, the things you do for esports on the side or you have done in the past uh any motivation to just get involved like who, are there any figures that, like a couple people who like you want to give a shout out to who like just really motivated um, you along the way i know you, you probably it's probably names you mentioned earlier on but just to be clear like um uh carolyn dow okay. um she she came into the community um much later than me, but she took steps forward that I was afraid to take, like becoming a TO and like running all this stuff and the de level of dedication that she's had since day one. And today, um, has been just like beyond, beyond what I see from a lot of people. And she's, and she's from, you know, our area too. <laughs> she's in Arcal too. So, um, but I, so I've, I've been able to see like firsthand, like how much, effort she's put into building, you know, our community. We all benefit from that, you know. Um, she's a kind person. She cares about the community. So Carolyn, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, she's the person that comes to mind, first of all. You know, like all the women that are competing as well, people who are TOing again. Um, I'd say Kelvin again for our community, um, the San Jose area especially, and Jeff. Aru, basically the same people before they, they've inspired and, and also personally for me like anyone who's like made me feel like i can do something so instead of like telling me like or pressuring me not to try not to do something like people who have put pressure on me to to, to move forward and take it to the next level like people who've supported me i guess obviously I, f I feel that and um i could say it's most of the san jose community you know like julio kelvin all those guys i went to school with and it's been a while but um there's too many names. There's too many names. Our community is so strong and big. But um, during the Street Fighter time, like those people were always, would always have each other's back. It was like family, you know. And that's kind of what I look for. Um, it's kind of what I found again in Sam Show. But um, just just people who like are support each other, kind of thing. And that's like a super general question uh, answer. <laughs> Probably didn't answer anything. <laughs> that's but fine. My answer is the community. <laughs> but um, just the people who have just supported, you know. Awesome. One more question. I did forget to ask this earlier on. Where does Super Yan come from? Oh gosh, Super Yan. Okay, so Yan uh, comes from this, this game called Tumba. It's a uh, PlayStation One platformer with this pink-haired caveman character <laughs> yes. that like, fights these pigs. I, some people might not know it. It's again, it's very old. <laughs> yeah. um, I played it when I was like a kid, um, and there's a. I, I, it's not like my favorite game in the world, but it, it was a game that stuck with me. It was a very good game when I was a kid. I played it a lot. I liked it. Um, there was a side quest character where like named Yan and he was like this like caveman kid and you had to like find it. He played hide and seek with you throughout the game and you had to like find him and give him his lunch from his like parents or something. <laughs> and so again, like I didn't particularly love this character a lot, but it was just the fact that um, my sibling, like when we'd go to the arcade as kids or like play anything as kids, their name was four letters long. It would fit on most high score screens. You get a high score and it's like, you put in your name and it's like three characters or four characters. Right. Yeah. And my name is Miranda, it's seven characters. So I could never fit Miranda. I didn't like Mira or like Mirror. Or I didn't like my initials. So I'm like, I wish I had a name that was short. That'd be so cool. So like Yan is three letters long. It's short and it sounded cool to me as a kid. So I was like, I'll use that name. I, I, I don't know. So it must've been like at least 
close to 20 years now I've been using that handle. Okay. So, <laughs> at De but Super Yen at Devastation 2009, I was on Tekken Zaibatsu, I'm Yen. I think on SRK, I might also be Yen because back in the day, I was still Yen. But um, it was a Devastation 2009, I think it was. Um, I uh, There was another person who entered. It was a Guitar Hero tournament uh, that I entered alongside Tekken, uh, also named Yan. And I was like, there's two Yans in the bracket. Do they duplicate mine? Or is there another person here named Yan? Like, who's who? And that person never showed up. And it was confusing as hell. And then um, this guy, I got some time playing Tekken uh, on stream. It was during casuals. And I was, I think the good, the really, really good players were sitting in the back, like, drinking or ch chilling. Because all these people who came up to play me were, like, not, they're, like, kind of beginner level. I don't know. I, I had a really big win streak. And so the people who were watching um, were commentating on it. And they weren't, like, super knowledgeable about Tekken either. It was, like, Swoozy and DJ Wheat oh, were, like, okay. more, like, esports names now. But, mm -hmm. like, um, they were commentating on it. And they kept calling me, like, Super Duper Yen. Like, oh, this isn't Yen. This is, like, Super Duper Yen. It's like, kind of corny. But um, at the time, I was feeling, like, it would be cool to not have my name Yen with that other person there. <laughs> so um, from then on, I just started going to Super Yen. Nice. It's, nice. it's also because Yan's taken very often. It's a common name, mm -hmm. especially in China and Japan. Like it's an actual name. It's not like a character name. So <laughs> right. oftentimes it won't be, won't be available. And then there's trolls that'll take Super Yen too sometimes. Like Rising Thunder, I tried on like the first day to play Rising Thunder and Super Yen was taken already. Uh, and I was like, yeah. really? Like, really? <laughs> I think someone did that on purpose. <laughs> like, like Super Yen's left boot. Or something on my yeah so, yeah yeah so i have to like i have to like get on like really quick when there's a beta for something so before some troll takes my name i don't think i'm popular enough for anyone to care about doing that anymore but at the time i was like i hope someone didn't steal my name <laughs> but but yeah that's where it came from it's not super interesting but um it was a great came from tombo <laughs> we would never know now we know so. yeah i remember Specifically, one of the first fighting games I played also, I was trying to rent Tomba at Blockbuster. Um, and the kid behind the counter, you know, didn't read the title very well, I guess. And he put Tobo number one. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's heard of this game. Of it's course. a fighting game. Yeah, it's from Square Okay, okay, okay. I hadn't heard of it. I heard of Mortal Kombat at the time yeah. and Street Fighter, but I didn't know what Tobo number one was. I don't even remember who makes the game. But uh, it was in there. So we get all... hmm? Square Enix makes it. Or square Enix. at the time, yeah. Oh wow! That... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Either way, we get home. I'm excited to play Tomba, get farther, you know. And um, we open the disc, and it's like Tobal number one. What the hell is this? We put it in, we play. We can play everything. You know, we put it in, we play it. And I'm like, I don't like this fighting game. <laughs> I remember not liking it at all. We took it back, and we never played it again. But... <laughs> that was my experience. I'm sorry, Square Enix. No, that's cool. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> oh man. Well, thank you so much for indulging us today. We really appreciate it. I appreciate my time talking with you today. Um I just wanna just thank you for just coming on the show and blessing us with your story. Um any any last words, anything you wanna say? Any words of advice? Uh well thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for doing this. Um I'm gonna go back and watch all the episodes. I know you guys did one with Andrew. I, I'm excited to see and um future ones as well. Like I think you guys did a lot and you you guys helped me with the tournament as well that we did in ACT. Um you were you were also on that list of people, I think, wow. <laughs> for, for producing content, doing <laughs> helping with tournaments. So um but yeah, um I don't know much else to add. I mean, um 
I just hope people stay and, and play, you know, when when we're able to play together again. You know, I hope the community still stands. You know, I think I think it will. I think it will. But I just hope it's, you know, can be bigger and better. You know? Right. And it, I mean, we go through our cycles, but I think we will come back just as strong, if not mm -hmm. stronger. Um, how can we reach you on social media if we want to chat with you or say hi? Uh, uh, so all my socials are super underscore Yan. Um, Twitter and Instagram, mostly Twitter, um, is two underscores because Super Yen is taken. <laughs> so Super underscore underscore Yen is my at. Um, I'm very active on Twitter and that's probably the best way to reach me. Um, I don't have a YouTube or anything like that. Um, I do stream on Twitch occasionally um, at Super underscore Yen. Um, I'm probably going to pick that up a bit more, uh, you know, during COVID, I guess. Um, but yeah, those are my socials. So. Awesome, awesome. Well, we thank you so much, Miranda, for coming on today and taking the time out to chat with us. And uh, for the rest of you guys, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next time on KBB Cast. Take care. Bye. Thank you. This has been a KPB MediaWorks production.